Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack and Julie for Wahoo's 24-7. And today we're going to recap the season opener for Virginia, the loss to Tennessee, 49-13. to I know the scoreline is going to get you a little upset, but as we've been saying on Wahoo's 24-7, and even on this podcast, this is not an unexpected result with what we expected to see from both the Vols and the Cavaliers. This was an unfortunate season opener for UVA when you look matchup wise and just talent wise. But we did see some good flashes. So before we kind of go into the nitty gritty, here's the stats for the game. So here it is 49-13, Tennessee won. Um, Tony Musket, prior to his injury that we're still waiting word on the severity of Tony Musket's injury when he left in the fourth quarter. He went for nine for 17 for 94 yards, zero touchdowns, but also zero. He had no turnovers in the game. The offense did not turn over the ball. Offense did not have a turnover, which is a very good stat line as this offense looks to move forward. They didn't hurt themselves. So that is something that we were looking at. Some one of the things that we wanted to see in our prediction story and everything were like, if although we had a feeling this is how the game was going to be play out, when you look at Tennessee's defensive front, no turnovers and not hurting yourselves is certainly something to look forward to. Uh, when Anthony Colandre came in, he went two for seven for 12 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Virginia had 201 total offensive yards. Tennessee had 499. Uh, UVA had 95 yards on the ground. Tennessee had 287. Uh, Virginia only had 12 first downs. Tennessee had 29. They've finished the day five of 18 on third downs. Uh, Tennessee was five of 13 on third downs. Virginia had 64 total plays. Tennessee had 85. Uh, Virginia won the time of possession battle. They had the ball 32 minutes and 54 seconds compared to Tennessee's 22 minutes and 14 seconds. Um, As far as your leading rusher, that was Paris Jones. Uh, Again, if you read my uh, know the foe story on Tennessee site. Uh, we did those behind animal lines trading stories. I actually said that Paris Jones is probably the most underrated guy in Virginia's roster. Um, and uh, he, he keeps proving me right. He had seven carries for 39 yards and one touchdown. That was uh, towards the end of the game. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry. Then Kobe Pace uh, also had 39 yards rushing. He also averaged 5.6 yards Per carry, then as a receiver, Malachi Fields led the way with 63 yards receiving. Uh, he had eight targets. He averaged 15.8 yards per catch. Um, as far as defense, your leading tackler was Stevie Bracey, who had a very good game at linebacker. He had some good flashes there, um, so good to see him step up. Lex Long, um, who was there at number two with eight tackles, as well as Kent Butler at eight tackles. I, I would say the the top five there, Stevie Bracey, Lex Long, Camp Butler, and Jonas Sanker were kind of my some of my standouts, although Cohen King also had a really good game. He's another underrated player on this on this team. Cohen King and Paris Jones are probably the, the two guys who are underrated on this Virginia roster. Uh, both of them earned their scholarships and have proven their hard work on the field on a week-to-week basis. So Cohen King did a good job. And his first start of corner since he moving from safety, um, he uh, showed himself out there well. So let's go back to the, the main stat one right there. So if you're on YouTube, this stats is actually on your screen right now. So you can look at the stats as we are 
talking about the game a little bit. And then if you're on uh, Wahoo's 24-7, this is also available there on your message boards. Um, we also have a couple other stories from post-game, including interviews, uh, Tony Elliott's, everything he said after the game. Uh, we'll have more stories coming up on Monday afternoon and Tuesday morning before Tony Elliott speaks to the media on Tuesday. So those are the kind of the big, big stats. So let's just talk a little bit about the game and some of our big takeaways from the game. So if you read my five quick takeaways, one of the big things I mentioned was the offensive line. On, honestly, both sides of the line struggled against Tennessee. We knew that going in that that was going to be the biggest matchup, but also one that Virginia will struggle with. Um, on the O-line, this is probably the best defensive line that UVA will face all year. And we knew this going in, especially when you think about Virginia's situation where they were trying to get new pieces on that O-line with a new quarterback under center, and they're trying to get everybody comfortable. We knew this was going to be a challenge, and it was. I mean, those are grown men on the defensive line for Tennessee, and the O-line struggled. I mean, I mean, the offense in general struggled. Um, they had eight yards of total offense in that first quarter. They had no points in that first quarter. They also, after finishing the day at five for 18 on third down, they went one for 10 on third down to begin with and were 0 for 7 on third down when it was third of nine or more yards. So whenever it was third and long, they went 0 for 7. So it was not the best situation for the offense. The... Offense allowed 11 tackle for losses and four sacks. It killed drives and it forced Tony Musket and this new brand, brand new offensive line into several third and long situations. So it was time for the Virginia how they started. Center did struggle at a few times. He had low snaps, um, had trouble holding blocks, and it seemed like Tennessee targeted Furnish a lot. Uh, when you look back on the tape, they really attacked center and towards right guard in that little triangle area. They really attacked that spot and took advantage of it. They saw an opportunity and uh, they really put on a pressure on the offense. Now, this is all stuff that we knew heading into it. So it's really hard. Like I said, it's too early to grade the offense right now because, yes, the O-line is still still brand new. And again, this Tennessee defensive line was a beast and they knew it. So it's hard to grade them right now. All we need, all, all we can really say is yes, they need to improve further down the line. But again, JMU's defensive line is going to be nowhere near what Tennessee did. Uh, Maryland's defensive line will not look like Tennessee. Boston College defensive line will not be Tennessee. So when you go down the way, it's going to be a long time before we reach the talent, reach the talent level. When you look at the opponents of Virginia, I could argue maybe UNC's defensive front from what we saw against South Carolina could possibly pose the threat and maybe Miami's. But up until up until then, I don't see anyone on the schedule up until that bye week where I can say that this offensive line is going to face the talent of that D-line. Um, so yes, the offense needs to improve their blocking. I mean, there was one time where I think we had two, the Virginia had two blockers on one of the, I think it was a, a linebacker for Tennessee, and he still was able to go past. So yes, blocking is an issue for Virginia. Um, as far as the run game, I think Paris Jones, like I mentioned at the top of the show, is one of the most underrated player on this Virginia offense. I think everyone was talking about the running back by committed story uh, that we ran and talking about Mike Collins, um, Kobe Pace. They were talking about Xavier Brown in the preseason before prior to his injury. They mentioned Cody Brown, but many people forgot about Paris Jones, who's probably been the most consistent rusher for Virginia in the last 
two years. And he again flashed the reason why. He also understands how to pick up the blitz, and he's still a pivotal part of this offense. Um, I do want to see Kobe Pace more, though, as well. I think he showed that he has big playmaking op- opportunities. Malachi Fields is another guy that should get the ball more. Uh, he did have, I think, one drop that he would probably would like to take back. But again, he's a big threat out there, and he's uh, potentially one that can battles. So I expect to see a lot more of uh, Malachi Fields and Kobe Pace move down the line as the season goes. Tony Musket. That's going to be, um, I think we're all waiting word on what his status is for the James Madison game. Because honestly, I think Musket under center for Virginia will be very good for them down the way this season if he is healthy for the rest of the year. I think Musket showed that he can throw some nice throws when he's got the time. And he throws some nice balls in those tight windows that I haven't seen Virginia quarterback throw that accurately in a few years. Um, Musket has a lot of potential. He's I compare him to Alex Smith when you look at the game manager kind of type of description. Musket is able to understand when he should throw the ball, throw the ball away, when he should he take the sack, when you know go down, um, don't play hero ball. He, he understands his assignment. He's the quarterback that Virginia needs in this situation when he knows the margin of error is so small. Like his job on Saturday was don't do anything basically boneheaded and don't turn over the ball. And that's what he did. Um, yes, would they like to move the ball more? But I mean, when you're under pressure so much, he can't, I don't think Tony Musket was able to go through his progressions very much. I mean, he had, I think, two seconds before someone was in his front. So. I think Tony Musket did show a lot of good flashes on Saturday. On the on defensive side, yes, you're going to see the 499 yards on Tennessee's offense, and you're going to think, ah, oh, that was a poor, poor performance by the, uh, by the defense. But listen, Tennessee had 51 plays. 51 plays in that first half. I mean, that's crazy. Virginia's offense did not do them any favors, going three and out, punting, missing a field goal. I mean, the Vols scored 144 points last year in the first quarter alone. You know how many points the Vols scored against Virginia in the first quarter? Seven. And that was on the first drive to kick things off for Tennessee. The defense did its job. I mean, they knew Tennessee was going to be able to score on them. The only thing that I could fault you know, the Virginia's defense is their idea of bending, not breaking didn't work against the Vols. Vols were able to find a run zone and score points. Um, they weren't able to keep them away from the end zone. But individually, they did win some one-on-one battles and they show some nice flashes. Cohen King, like I said on top of the show, did well at cornerback. He, you know, obviously was safety and moved to corner. Camp Buller had a good game for Virginia in that bandit position with Chico Bennett out. Camp Buller did do a good job. Like I said, Stevie Bracey was another one that I thought had good good flashes as well. They did have some tackling issues against Tennessee. Um, they did win some individual battles. I mean, Lex Long had that crucial pass breakup on that fourth down on that fourth down drive stop in that f- first half. There was a period when they went that fourth down stop, and then they forced Tennessee to punt, punt, punt. That's a good stretch there four good drives for that defense so yeah it's gonna be a tough look at that at that stat line but 
that stat line doesn't tell the whole story when it comes to Virginia defense. This Virginia defense is very talented and it's going to keep Virginia in games a lot this season. The question is, can the offense take advantage? The offense should have taken advantage of that fourth down goal. The offense also took, did not take advantage in several of these special teams situations where they got the ball in nice field, in nice field range. So Again, it's about taking your opportunities. When you're Virginia and you're trying to adjust to your new personnel, you're going to have to take your opportunities when you can. You don't have that margin of error, which is, again, why I thought Tony Musket showed some good flashes and showing that he can handle the offense and be the guy that could lead UVA throughout the rest of the season. Now you're just holding your breath to see how bad is this injury after he fell down. And it looked like he, he was in, in a lot of pain. Uh, when he came off the field, he did return to the sideline and he didn't look like he was in pain. He didn't have a sling, didn't have an ice pack on his shoulder. So uh, we'll know more on Tuesday when Tony Elliott hits the podium at around one o'clock to talk to the media to see how long is Tony Mesket out or if he will be out at all. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. And obviously we'll have coverage on Wahoo's 24-7. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to continue to talk about this game, but also look forward to next weekend's game against James Madison. So we're going to take a quick break and then we'll have Michael Kieran join us on the show. All right, we'll be right back. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Go To All Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. As you can see, Michael has joined the show. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's great to be back on. I'd like to start by seconding your endorsement of uh, Daniel Sparks for Heisman. Yes, yes. That is my new campaign that I'll be running weekly on uh, my Twitter. I'll be uh, saying, because uh, punters are people too, and they deserve a lot of credit. Daniel Sparks has done a good job for Virginia, the only OACC preseason candidate. So, uh, so yeah, so Daniel Sparks for Heisman is officially started. Um you guys can uh, see a lot of Michael's work on Wahoo's 24-7 do uh, too. He's a, he does a good job for us, and he'll continue to do work for us this season. Now, Michael, um, you you were watching the game on, on TV, so you got to see a lot of some different angles from the game, from us that were in the press box or at the game. What were some of your takeaways from watching him? Um, so on the on the punt coverage, uh, so while Daniel Sparks was bombing it away, uh, the punt coverage will uh, still be a – room for improvement I think uh I know we thought uh you know Keith Gaither special teams coordinator said that this was a you know focal point this offseason but he'll definitely want to see more D Williams broke a couple of big ones uh for Tennessee um beyond that I overall I, I came away from this game more confident in this team than I than I did going in I know I mean obviously we've got the potential injury to to Musket we don't know how long he's gonna be out the offensive line was shaky but it, that was sort of what we expected. Um, on, on paper, it wasn't great. You know, the offense only had, you know, 200 yards. I think that only one game last year, I think it was Pittsburgh. Did they have fewer yards? 
Um, you know, nobody, none of the running backs really, you know, broke out. But um, I'll say Malachi Fields, he was the only receiver in more than 30 yards. He stood out, I think, probably to anyone watching. And, uh, and Kobe Pace was, was impressive. I think even though, for all the offensive line struggles, they were making some room for Pace and Paris Jones, especially in that, in that second half where they were having a lot of success specifically on the left side. And, and both of them were making guys miss that. So that really, you know, I think if they can go to that more, they, they should, and that could be a strength going forward. And that, that Tennessee defensive line, that that's probably going to be the toughest one they face all year. So it, it, it it's almost, it can only go up from here in, in that respect. Cause you know, we saw Ty Furnish with the snaps it, that, <laughs> that, that can't really happen because you, you got to at least get the ball to your quarterback. And then I thought right tackle, uh, Uganda Nana also, you know, struggled a few, especially early in or uh, in the first half. He just uh, there were a few plays where he just completely misses assignment. So that that's where we uh, I'll be interested to see if they stick with that same starting lineup on the offensive line, just depending on uh, how they how they viewed that performance. Yeah, it's it's a different game recap because when you look at the score, you're thinking um, you won't have many positives. But actually, there was a lot of good flashes by this Virginia team. Is looking a little bit on that little nuanced side of things of saying, "Hey, this offense had some good moments. Uh, um, they didn't hurt themselves." And moving forward, they're not going to face this type of talent on defense. While the defensive side showed some significant flashes as well. I mean, like we said in the first half of the show, when you can. When you keep the Vols from the end zone and only allow seven points in the first quarter, you're giving your chance a chance here. So um, it feels like it feels hard to grade the defense low when you consider they gave them the opportunities. Yes, they allowed 499 yards and at the end they did break instead of uh, bending. But I mean, 51 plays alone in that first quarter. Tennessee had, I'm trying to see how many plays they had overall. That 85 plays overall. And 51 of those were in the first half. So that, yeah. I mean, I would be tired too, wouldn't you, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I think it was, they played 21 more offensive snaps than, than UVA did. So, I mean, that that's not exactly, you know, it's not even, not even fair. I'll say, I, I thought, you know, Cohen King, I thought he was, for a guy who just made his first start at corner, like he was, you know, like PFF gave him like the third best grade on the defense. I think that's a positive takeaway because that was a position we were concerned about. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Tavon Kyle, I think was, you know, a little on the concerning side that he was one guy who just, you know, we should keep an eye on and uh, you, you give up the, the first touchdown and they swung it out to the running back. Um, and then on that deep ball that, uh, Rumel Keaton dropped in the first half, he, uh, he was in coverage on that one. So, I, you know, it's still a work in progress in that secondary, but I think there's still some, there's some positives too with, you know, Cohen King making it a good one. I think Lex Long, even though, you know, he's going back and forth between linebacker and safety, he looked good on, on a few plays. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag after the first week. Yeah, for sure. And that, that secondary is a, like you said, a work in progress. Antonio Clary did, was not healthy enough to play against Tennessee. You know, we fully assume him to be back actually take a starting position um, and that they've been moving around a lot in that safety room. I mean, Tavon Kyle moved from corner to safety uh, this fall. So this is just his uh, first couple weeks in that position. So a lot of learning for these guys. Again, they're not going to face the talent that Tennessee is uh, moving forward. So um, it's going to be it's going to give them time to adjust to their roles and positions. So that's that's where you're taking from this Tennessee side. But they do have they don't they can't focus on this loss very long because you're going to have a big in-state game 
game on Saturday. I think it's an in-state game that many in the state have been looking forward to. I know James Madison fans, I know from my Twitter mentions, they've been looking forward to this a lot since this game has been on the schedule, Michael. And you've kind of dived in a little bit on JMU uh, on our site already uh, when we did our preseason look ahead. And, you know, Virginia is the underdog in this game. The JMU has been picked as the six and a half point favorite. Are you surprised by that when you look at what JMU, JMU brings back, especially when you're looking at a new quarterback in the system this year? Or is this what you kind of expected when this uh, uh, new prediction came out? You know, I, I saw that line. My my friend actually mentioned to me. I I I was I was surprised. That's a that's a big line for. I mean, just not even considering to the, just for a, you know a group of five team versus a power team and some a team that just came up from the FCS. But they've they've proven that they they belong at the FBS level. They were eight and three last year. They you know tied for the top of their division. Um, yeah, that that quarterback situation is interesting though because uh, they they started uh, a retreat freshman. Alonzo uh, Barnett, and he went three for 11 for 15 yards. And then they uh, actually benched him in the third quarter, brought in Jordan McLeod. Uh, he's, got, he's a transfer. He's played at Arizona and, and uh, Southern Florida. Not, not, you know, not a ton of time. Obviously, he's transferring around. Uh, but he ended up uh, throwing 7-11 for 144 yards in, in you know, limited time. So it's definitely that. That's the position to keep an eye on going forward. Um, in the sick game, but also their running game. That's where I, you know, after this, this was a struggle for UVA's defense last year. It, it could be a struggle again this year. You know, Tennessee maybe isn't a fair, um, you know, isn't representative of how uh, they'll deal with the rushing game all season. But, uh, you know, Jamie's leading running back, uh, Kalon Black, he went for 125 yards uh, against Bucknell this weekend on just 12 carries. He's averaging over 10 yards per carry. So, they're gonna. They're gonna have to keep an eye on him too. Yeah, against Tennessee, uh, Tennessee had 287 rushing yards, led by Jalen Wright, who had 115 yards. Uh, I mean, that's an NFL caliber running back. And then uh, he had 9.6 yards per carry. So again, we it's hard again to judge any of what we're seeing because of what talent Tennessee had. I know for when I I was uh, asked which player was Virginia probably most concerned about. I had picked Jalen Wright and uh, better to know the foe on our Tennessee site. I thought Jalen Wright was going to be the one that I was more worried about. Um, yes, Joel Milton was a talented quarterback, but Virginia did a good job in the beginning to get him a little uncomfortable to take advantage. Um, but yeah, it's the, the run game is definitely something that Virginia needs to look at when you look at James Madden, especially the uncertainty at quarterback. But I could get the early prediction if Vegas was worried about Tony Musket. I could see where that's right. coming in when you look at what's going on at Virginia under center. Um, but I will say preseason, I did not expect, like I think even ESPN had this as a Virginia, I think 60% favorite on their um, index. But yeah, I could see where if they expect Anthony Colandrea to start, then that's where that point spread is. When you look at James Madison, is it the stop the run game as your key matchup or is there something else that you kind of look at when you look at this James Madison team? Yeah, I, I think it has to be that the, the quarterback situation, even, even though that, you know, as I said, McLeod ended up having a good second half when he came in as a starter, that the rushing game is definitely the, the thing to focus on as a team. They, they rushed for 260 yards on, on 41 attempts this weekend. Now they're playing Bucknell. It's not, not the same. UVA's defensive line is overall strength, but 
it, it, the rushing defense was not a strength last season for UVA. Um, the pass defense was. Um, and then on, you know, on Saturday, Tennessee, I think was able to rush. It was, I think they almost got to 300 yards and they had five touchdowns just on the ground. So again, they're not representative, but yeah, that, uh, you know, JMU averaged six yards to carry as a team this weekend. You know, they're not going to do that. I, we, you know, you'd hope, but, uh, you know, that, that has to be the focus because, yeah, the, that's also the weakness of the UVA, of the UVA defense from a year ago. Yeah, and then uh, Virginia will likely have Chico Bennett. Tony Elliott said last week that they thought Chico Bennett would be back for this game. Um, he was actually did travel with the team. He was in Nashville and he was taking part ups uh, there. So was Antonio Clary as well. So um, the expectation is both of them will be ready. Uh, Jimmy Christ, the offensive lineman, could also be back for this game. He was back last week during some individual work and also some teamwork is just he does not have contact yet. So Jimmy Crist and Antonio Clary were not in contact. Obviously, Chico Bennett was not either. So the expectation is they'll all come back this week or within the next week. So maybe they'll be ready for James Madison, will be, which will be good for Virginia. So Michael will have content coming up on Wahoos 24-7. On Tuesday, he'll have five James Madison players to watch. Um, so if you're curious about who to know for JMU, he'll have that covered on Tuesday. And of course, we'll have continuing coverage looking forward to James Madison starting on Tuesday with Tony Elliott's press conference and the coordinators talks to the media on Wednesday. We'll have behind enemy lines coming up later this week. Uh, so a lot to discuss ahead of JMU, which is also the UVA strong game. The expectation is there be a lot of events surrounding remembering and honoring Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler, and the families are expected to be there as well. So a lot of emotion for this Virginia team as they host an in-state rival, JMU. Well, Michael, thanks for joining us on the show to look ahead to James Madison and kind of share your thoughts on the loss to Tennessee. Yeah, thanks for having me back. And thanks again for Michael for joining us on the show. Um, he does a lot for us on Wahoo's 24-7. He is still a student at the University of Virginia, and if you are UVA alums, you understand the workload that he has, but he also contributes a lot to the site, and hopefully he'll start contributing more on our podcast, especially when it comes to our Monday podcast where we're looking ahead because he did a great series over the summer where he looked at each opponent and who they bring back and what are the questions for them? And he does a good job following up on that throughout the year. So he'll, we'll hopefully have him here every Monday. But again, he's a student, so it depends on his schedule. But again, if you go to Wahoo's 24-7, you can follow his content as well. And we'll continue that in basketball since basketball is his sport. So he'll cover both men's and women's basketball with me this year. So thanks again for Michael for joining us. And again, we'll have full coverage of this game week looking ahead to James Madison, which, like I said, will be the UVA strong game. A lot of tributes will happen on the field this weekend for Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler. And again, we'll have game looking ahead game coverage. We'll be back here on our podcast on Thursday, and we'll also have contacts from Tony Elliott's press conference on Tuesday. We'll have injury updates on Tony Musket and Sue Agunloe to see what's the expectation there. Both injuries are still up in the air, although Tony Elliott said that Sue's injury was significant after the game against Tennessee. While he was still up in the air about Tony Musket's injury, they're awaiting word from doctors and trainers to see how long that injury might take Tony Musket out. 
So again, if you like what you're hearing, why don't you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. If you go ahead and rate and review us, again, it will help us grow this podcast. And then also, if you can go on the YouTube channel, like the YouTube channel, like this video, and also click on the bell so you're notified whenever we have new videos posted that could also help us grow our YouTube channel. We are also running a 50% off sale on Wahoo's 24-7 for annual VIP subscribers. We appreciate all of you guys that have signed up. We had a lot of new signups over the last few months, so I appreciate all you guys who have joined the site. Again, we're running a 50% off, which means it's $50 off for an annual VIP right now. You can check out the subscription on Wahoo's 24-7. And with Virginia hosting their first home game, which means recruits will be coming to this game as well. So we're keeping an eye on some key players while Virginia's coaching staff will also hit the road for the first time also really soon. So they'll be able to evaluate new talent, which means new offers will start to be given out. So for Michael Curran, I'm Jackie Franchuli, and I hope you guys have a great rest to your week. Thank <laughs> you.